0: What is up, rugby fans? It's Scott here at the Saffer Pod. Welcome to what should be quite an exciting episode. Last week, we caught up with La Rochelle superstar Raymond Rule ahead of his Champions Cup final this weekend. But before then, I'd like to welcome in my good friend Keegan Hall. Keeks, how are you, bud?
1: Stormers, stormers, (laughs) mate, mate. I'm flipping buzzing buzzing not too bad just in general life life's going good but yeah. absolutely buzzing after the weekend's result i think we know what's coming that little mullet's uh, i'm gonna get it done next week so nice. it's the happiest mullet that i'll ever do but yeah
0: steaks what what are the odds on you shaving it while you're in the crowd at the final fucking zero. Oh come on
1: not a chance, dude. I love my hair, even the mullets. I'm pretty bleak about it. To be fair, I want to cut a mullet, but I'm pretty bleak about it.
0: Getting into the results from the weekend, I think let's just cover cover off, kind of curry cup. Not not too much to be said. I think weekend of away wins, really. If I'm honest, you had the Griffins losing to Province twenty-five to twenty-one. Province made to fight for it there. You had the Pumas losing to the Sharks twenty-two to twenty-four. So another close game. Now. The one thing I will say is Sharks go and beat the Pumas away and then steal two of their best players in the same week. They've gone and taken Diego Apollos and IG Prinsler. Sia the, um, the fly half, I think, from uh, the cheetahs He's really, really good. And uh, George Cornier from the Cheaters. So they've stolen two Pumas boys and two Cheaters boys. So we'll see, see what happens with,
1: with that lot. I mean that's that's just standard sharks you know buying the best players but getting fuck all anyway no checking joking but no honestly curry cup curry cup was a very exciting weekend man like it's actually getting really exciting like we said the other day um just sort of these these exciting matches and that but I mean this whole weekend's results when you look at it, unfortunately like um I sort of spoke about last week I was in the Kruger this weekend so I was not able to watch any rugby but I managed to see the highlights but Interesting results, man. I mean, Griffin's giving giving province a little bit of a run. Man.
0: Yeah, like, you you almost guys. you almost ate your words, son.
1: <laughs> I almost called that one. And then obviously the sharks just on a tear at the moment so on a good little winning streak. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, Puma's a little bit of ill discipline there, a couple uh, a red card, a yellow card. Definitely took them a bit out of the match when you got to play 50 minutes with 14 men yeah. and then 10 minutes for 13 men. But then, yeah, you got Blue Bulls on, on a bit of a tear as well. Coming, I mean, back from... the
0: Blue Bulls obviously had their URC players back, yeah. big names playing in that game. So so they ended up putting 40 on the Griquas, And then the Cheaters, maybe a, not a surprising result, but somewhat surprising. Like, it could have gone either way, but going down to the Lions, 26 to 33.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's very interesting. You have like the the sharks and the lions, a bit bit of a dark horse there. Province have obviously been performing well. The top uh, teams, cheetahs and pumas. I mean, when you look at these results, it's it's going to be an exciting end to the Curry Cup when it's when it finishes because it could pretty much just be any anyone's game really. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, and and we've got a
0: current Curry Cup player. Coming on the pod in a few weeks. So it'd be interesting to get his insight because he slowly plays in the Curry Cup and 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 see what his thoughts are on the competition. We're definitely getting to the business end of the season. And I think we'll need that in terms of keeping players sharp who aren't going to be away with the box in case there are a few injuries, a couple of call ups, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the the big fixtures over the weekend were the URC semi finals. We'd be um, dishonoring Munster if we, we didn't mention them after their fantastic results against Leinster. We spoke about this last week, Steve, and we said Leinster needed to go into that game with a fully stacked team, and they didn't. And and I can kind of get why they've done that, because this is the URC, it's not the Champions Cup, and they've trusted these players to do the business throughout the course of the year, and you almost don't want to be causing any disruption between teammates by selecting quote unquote, your best players when when these other boys have done the business for you throughout the course of the year. But I think they'll be looking back at that and, and kicking themselves. And I mean, Crowley, what a man pulling the uh, the Rona O'Gara drop goal in the 77th minute to, to win it and, and end up being 15 to 16.
1: Yeah, I think it's just absolutely going on what we said last week, sort of missing four, four key players, Munster. And to pull that off, when I saw that result, when I finally managed to get Signal, I just absolutely, I, I was just off my rocket, man. Just couldn't believe it that we were going to have a home final and that Munster actually pulled off this win against pretty much, I'm sure a lot of people had Leinster winning that game pretty pretty convincingly, to be fair. With, with all the players out, and they, they just showed the most grit I've ever seen. And to hold on to it and just, just have that win, that that drop goal at the end was just incredible. And it's obviously an, an Irish rivalry, so a lot of Munster fans in the crowd as well. Very surprising away away game, and the crowd goes wild when Munster wins. Just shows how how supportive their, their fans were. It was incredible to see. And the, the other thing that,
0: kind of struck me after that game was if you cast your mind back to a few weeks ago, Storm is unbeaten since December 2021 at home.
2: Yep.
0: Who took who took that record away from them? Munster. Glasgow unbeaten at home this year. Who took that record away from them? Munster. And they've gone and done the same thing to Leinster. So they're they they started really slowly. Their, their form at the start of the year was not good at all and, and they've just picked it up and they've actually had five away games Recently, so to to have that form is stunning. Now, the the concern for the Stormers will be the return of their star players come come final time. That the likes of Amalekai Fekatoa. do you then look at RG Sneeman coming back into the second row and partnering with Ty Burn? It, it could be quite a scary sight. I think the one question that might be hanging over the team was you had Healy at 10 and Crowley at 12. Crowley then later slotted in at 10. Both of them looked really good. But if you've got somebody like Malachi Fekuto coming in, does he slot straight back into 12? And then who would you be picking at 10, Stiggs?
1: Jeez, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think Fekuto is just a, a very well-seasoned player all around. So, I mean, you definitely stick him back at 12. I think that drop goal was just especially in this, it doesn't matter how well you've played the whole season and, and sort of the, the pool stages and that it's, can you keep your composure in those moments? And I mean, by no means was he completely in the clear with that drop goal as well. No, they were yeah. on him like a flipping fly no, on. No, no advantage either.
0: Like no advantage yeah. at that point that the, the balls to be able to do that, the, the yeah. spuds also considering he's only 23. <laughs> boy's 23 years old and he's pulling off something like that in, in a urc semi-final it just.
1: i think i think you know mind. what or if i were to speak for munster i would say against a, a stormers team how are we playing now you've got to have someone with balls because you you look at stormers we we just you know we'll we'll play defense play defense play defense as soon as we get that ball, we're playing, man. We're playing wide. We've got flipping flankers performing like Sonny Bill Williams and shit like that, which we'll get into now. But we we have that ability to really not necessarily run away with the game, but we can score those quick tries. And they are going to need someone that has the balls to try different things, to maybe hit a, hit a cross, um, cross field kick or to, uh, to get those drop goals in those, um, heated in those like dying moments where, you know, it's very risky, but I, I think against a, a really solid Stormers team, that's performing really well. You need to have those players that are able to, to risk it in those, but keep their composure while they're doing it as well. So understanding the risk, but knowing that you can back yourself with it. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. I mean, Stormers obviously beat Connor 43 to
0: 25. I do think that that scoreline flatters us just a little bit, especially considering we were eight 0 down in the first kind of ten minutes, and Connor seemed to have our number at, at the start. I mean, I was I was having a a look over the stats, and Connor enjoyed a whopping seventy one percent possession, sixty seven percent territory, and only made fifty nine tackles, whereas the Stormers made one hundred and seventy nine tackles. Connor conceded six penalties; the Stormers conceded ten. Connett scored four tries. So in terms of defense, yes, our defense was good and we we held them out, but we didn't hold hold them out completely. The main thing for me was Connett missed 26 tackles, and they were also on the wrong side of the, the the clean breaks. They had four, maybe five against Stormers eight. And ultimately the the numbers said one thing, but when it came to the execution, the Stormers were just too clinical. You do wonder if the Stormers are willing to to leak tries like that in the in the final. Are Munster the type of team that are going to punish them a little bit more?
1: No, for sure. I think I think to be honest, we just—I mean, I've said it pretty much from the first episode—that um, you know our, our our defense is good, and obviously our defense coach is really good, but we are we do let tries in. You know what I mean? And it's sort of gives you confidence as a fan where if you go eight 0 down or ten 0 down, chances are we could make a little comeback. You know what I mean? Because we we do have the ability to score those quick tries and we've got the players that you know dobby's just letting them play you know what i mean at the end of the day and it's it's going to be interesting because i've obviously been trying to watch a lot of um sort of interviews and and discussions and that of this game moving forward that could you know add some value to this podcast and some interesting thoughts and that and one of the things are that we do rush up which has definitely faulted us in the past and that sort of, especially in that, uh, what, what was it? The Exeter chiefs game yeah. definitely faulted us there. It cost us some tries and unfortunately our attack just wasn't there and we, we couldn't do anything. So that's the problem is if our attack, what is that saying? Like what the, the, the best defense is a good offense sort of thing. Yeah. Our defense is not good at all. If our attack isn't on points in the, in the game. I
0: think what's really interesting is what Connor identified in terms of the, the way the Stormers defend is first, the second phase play. They're still really good. There's a really good pendulum happening at the back with, with two players who, who are covering a lot of the space, but eventually players get sucked in and get sunk in our defense rushes up and suddenly there's a lot of kick space in behind. And the 10 from Connor was really, really good at just putting little kicks through. And that turned us around. So if defenses are identified or if, if attacks are identifying that and, and teams are identifying that, I suppose the main concern is Munster. You get Connor Murray back, who's one of the best box kickers in the world, but also one of the best kickers. You've then either got Healy or Crowley, who are both good kickers of the ball. You get them in, you could have a, a, it could be a, a tough day for, for the likes of Damian Willemsen and whoever else is covering that backfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. I, I think one of the players as well that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been a Sinatla fan for a long time, but unfortunately has let in um, a lot of tries and sort of that rush defense. And it just seems like with him, teams were able to sort of identify that and place those kicks in the corners and score tries. And I was super stoked to see when Angela Davids was called back into the side because I, I really do rate Angelo Davids. And I mean, just, I mean, his finishing in itself is a huge asset to the team. But yeah, you just sort of hope that we, the the back three are just able to manage those sort of kicks throughs because obviously it's a huge part of our game plan when it comes to defense is rushing up, putting that pressure on, going ball and all to try and eliminate those offloads, which Munster do a lot of. And uh, Conant do a lot of as well. And we're able to sort of shut that down for the most part. And that's a huge, huge, um, you know, part of our defense. So yeah, we, we we just need to hope that that back three can sort of keep an eye on that and just manage it. Yeah,
0: I was really, really impressed with with Angela Davidson. I think actually Connett maybe didn't do enough research into him as a player. They were trying to tackle him hard, and he was just, I mean, he's not a big man, but he was just yeah. running over, running over and bumping off boys like nobody's business. I think Lebok, Willemsa, Davids that we've mentioned there, Ivan Rus, Stephen Kitsoff. I mean, they they all stood out. Steven Kitsoff actually had 19 out of 19 tackles, which for a prop is, those numbers are, are back row numbers. My main concern from that game was that rush defense and, and then finding space at the back. But the other thing was the fact that the line-out was quite messy. However, I think that's down to us not having Marvin Ori on the field because mm. Marvin Ori is a line-out caller. He's, he's an out and out line-out specialist. We obviously brought in the the likes of Ruben from and swapped him into Ori's place. Ruben for is a great, great lock, but he's not a line-out specialist. So what Dobbo did say is Ori and Faree were both fit enough that they could have played that game, but he rather rested them for this game in case we made it through to the final so that he could then have them fully fit come final time. He said if it was a final that they're playing on Saturday, those two absolutely would have started. And that actually got me thinking as to who the best Stormers team of all time was. In the, uh, the current phase of... AI technology, we hopped onto ChatGPT to see what ChatGPT's best Stormers team of all time would be. So let's start with the front row. And I quite like this front row. And I'd, I'd arguably say that it is the best front row we've ever had. Steven Kitsoff, Bongi Bonambi, and France Malharba.
1: Oh, I like that, man. I like that.
0: Yeah. I think that's good. Now, second row, Eben Beth. I mean, Eben didn't necessarily win very much in terms of Stormers games. Or, or Stormer's trophies when, when he was about, um, but undeniably one of the best locks in the world. And then at five, they've got Andre Becker, who was a great lock, but actually as much as he was a really, really good lock, I think Iben Ezebeth stands out, but Andres maybe not as much. So I was thinking, would would we swap out Andres Becker for, for somebody like a Marvin Ari who maybe because he won the urc last year with us and and won it that is likely to won it this year with us listen to me I'm, I'm acting like we won it already because because you've got somebody like him who's making it into a final would you maybe say that you switch andre Becker with with marvin Ari?
1: i think andre Becker obviously it, it's going to be quite a quite a tough little um you know sort of weighing up on that i think marvin Ari has so much of a future that it would be probably undoubtable if he continues the way he continues that he'd be picked over Andre Becker. But um yeah, I think I think I like the I like the idea of putting a, a young player in our top stormers team of all time, sort of thing. So yeah, why not why not swap him out?
0: Back row. Now this this back row is filthy, by the way. Sia Khaleesi. Only
1: Dwayne from Mullen, yeah, but isn't there Skol-
0: Skol- oh, yeah. Berger. Skol- Berger, Sia and Dwayne from Eulen?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's really good. I think that's really good. I think like obviously, uh, um, Peter Steff was 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 so solid as well. Uh, yeah, when he but was then small,
0: then but... you've got to take into account that back row that won us the URC last year of Dion Fari, who's been a Stormers servant, Hachiva Diamani, who's electric, and Ivan Russ is young and up and coming. <laughs>
1: i know but but you just can't you can't argue about what they've done though you know what i mean like sia Khaleesi is just an absolute legend he's a champion he's a leader you have Scott berger who's even more so a legend yeah just an absolute hard as nails nails guy have you ever heard that funny story about his bench press yes yeah, yeah. have you <laughs>
0: have you ever heard the the story about and we'll get onto him in a little bit jean de villiers and him they were on the pitch during a warm-up for a Springboks game and you know the Springboks rugby shorts are white yeah right and Jean de Villiers was sitting on the pitch warming up warming up right and every now and again he'd stretch a little bit and he'd let out like a little fart and then he'd like stretch a little bit and let out a little fart and uh Skulkberger was apparently sitting next to him going mate you need to be careful like one of those is going to go a little bit too far and he was like no nah, no nah, nothing's going to happen lo and behold about two minutes <laughs> later jean de villiers on a pitch with like sixty thousand fans watching him has gone and absolutely shat his shorts
1: no way and has
0: had to run into the changing room to change his shorts before the game
1: <laughs> dude that is legend i got to find that clip somewhere man that is funny right it's shit. good it's a
0: great story but yeah so scott burgers duane Dwayne milan i maybe disagree with the the halfback pairing you can give me your opinion on this. At nine, they've got Nick Groom, and at 10, they've got Peter Grant. I'd arguably say that you go either Peter DeVette or Herschel Young Keys and Lubbock at nine and ten, just given everything Lubbock's done for, for the team over the last two years.
1: Yeah, I think, I think again, yeah, this is an interesting one, bringing in a young player who's, I mean, oh, man, leading point scorer in the URC, massive, massive um, sort players, of… Players uh,
0: player of the year or, or fans player of the year yeah. this year
1: yeah exactly i think yeah peter grant in his in his day was really really solid i mean just that that one year we broke the record i think for most like consecutive goal kicks and stuff but i mean lubock is just he's just everything at the moment like you never know like hopefully you know god willing he continues on this trajectory but i mean you could just fall off and then you know you slot Grant back in there as the way things are moving and sort of taking that into consideration and um, sort of weighing up the difference between what has been done and what can potentially be done by other players and what has been done by like the previous veterans and stuff like that. It's quite interesting sort of figuring out this team, but yeah, definitely rated Leboch easily at 10.
0: Nice. And now sense pairing of Jean de Villiers and Jacques oh,
1: yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah.
0: but keep in mind, you've also got a Damien Dillende who's not in there. You've got a Dan Duplessis who's not in there. You've got to run Nell who's not in there. Jean de
1: Jong. Davilliers de de and Free, man. You just you can't you change can't. that. They they were just in, in their prime, they were just so bloody good.
0: So now this brings me on to my next question. So the back three at the moment, and this is also just so dirty. Eleven, Brian Habana, 14, Cheslin Colby, 15, Chio Aplon. Oh, I knew
1: Aplon was gonna be in there.
0: I I would, I would personally, if you've got Jean de Villiers and Jacques Ferry at 12 and 13, I would keep the wings as they are and have Damien Willemser at 15.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Damien Willemser, now that I think about Jay Aplon was really good. And he sort of like, was that, that sort of just before uh, Cheslin Colby came in and then we were sort of used to seeing a, a short guy with the scrum cap on. And then Cheslin just like, oh man, like, geez, compared to Aplon, he's just on a whole nother level. And then you obviously have the legend of banner that that is going to be in there you know prime banner was just second to no one yeah but yeah damian server apple any day man
0: and bench we reserve hooker they've put scarra into Benny down and i love scarra and Benny. i think he's been a, a stormer's servant for for years but you do wonder you've then got at the moment and all, all four of these players are, are currently playing for the stormers you've got scarra and Benny. you've got jj courtza who started last year's final You've got Andre Yucho and you've also got Joseph Dweber. So do you just go for, for Skara and Benny? Because we've not really seen too much of the other three.
1: I'm gonna go Dweber. I like Dweber. I think Dweber's I love, go really
0: I'm Dweber. I'm happy with that. I was really jacked. happy you're gonna back me back and he's, yeah. he's so aggressive. The the reserve props, they've put down JC Yantsen Rensburg and Brock Harris. I love the Brock Harris inclusion because he's just unreal. Didn't and he Vincent
1: Park play for Stormers though?
0: He did. But how much did he do for the stormers
1: well then then we also got to throw that into account when it comes to a banner because like he did he did, he did a bit, but like but it's Vincent Koch
0: it's all... Vincent Cock versus Habana like you know no no, no like, not... Vincent Koch is great but you you know what I mean I I would I would arguably say that you do I would I would prefer personally seeing a Neatlin for share who's been great over the last mm-hmm. two years helped us to to the sides last year is helping us towards the final this year and a Brock Harris because Brock Harris can go either side of the scrum.
1: Fair enough. This is all scrum talk. I don't dabble with scrum talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 19 and 20, you've got Chris Van Sale. That's who they've suggested, who I really, really like. I think Chris Van Sale, I mean, he was captain for province at one point, captain for the, the Stormers at one point, retired three or four years ago. My only thought to that was, do you actually put in somebody like a Salman Murat or... Do we just leave it as Chris and I'm actually happy with either one of those.
1: Yeah, leave it.
0: And then they've got Nizam Carr at twenty. He didn't do very much in a province shirt, so mm-hmm. I would actually like to to put Dion Free forward. Yeah. And then they at twenty one, they had Diavol De- Dovenacher. I would put Paul Devet into there. And then twenty two was Damien Willem So we've obviously already named him. So you could have somebody like app on on the bench. And uh, 23 was Jean De Jong, and that's the only one that I maybe like. Jean De Jong was good, but has Dan Duplessis done enough to, to come into that conversation?
1: I think you know what, like prime Jean De Jong was was good, man. He was he good. Was Dan Duplessis he's performing really well, but if I had to sort of weigh up between the two, because we've got to go for experience here as well, buddy. We've got to have experience <laughs> in this in this fictional team. I think I think Jean De young is just. I think he nudges it over because personally, I think they're pretty much on par. A informed Jean de Jong in his in his prime versus a Dan Dupacy. But hey, man, he's been Captain Fantastic ride or die Stormers player literally forever since I can remember. So I think that yeah. nudges Jean De young and the team for me.
0: Talking of Stormers players past and present. Last week, we were joined by former Stormers and current Laura Shellman Raymond Rule. Here is everything that he had to say. We're stoked to be joined by European champion, former Stormers, Cheaters and Grenoble player, current La Rochelle superstar, and also a tri-scoring machine, Raymond Rule. Raymond, how are you, mate?
2: Uh, as well as can be. Obviously, the introduction has got me a bit flustered, but no, honestly, man, as well as can be... I do know that for for a lot of people it might not be the case. So when things are going well, you know you tend to cherish it. You know, currently play your rugby in France
0: for La Rochelle. And from an outsider's perspective, especially looking at the support you boys got towards the end of last year with with winning the the Champions Cup, it looks like you're having a really great time. Have you found life in Europe? And what is La Rochelle like as a place? Is it is it very different to, to South Africa?
2: First of all, it's very different. Second of all, the people as well is is quite different. But I mean, I I enjoy both. I think growing up in South Africa, I have three fond memories of uh, the environment there and I have a lot of connections back home. But obviously the one constant in life has changed and this change has done me well. So I'm enjoying that aspect of it, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all good.
0: And tell me what's 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 your French like, Raymond? Is it is it quite good, or are you, are you still taking lessons? What?
2: No, I'm not taking lessons, but uh, my French is all right. I can hold a conversation here and there. I do put my foot in my mouth, but uh, if you don't do that, if you don't put yourself out there, man, you're not going to learn and uh, you know acquire new things or acquire new new lessons.
0: Now, uh, you've you've obviously had a career in quite a few places, as we mentioned there. I think you you started in the free state, you then moved to to the Stormers, so so province where myself and, and Keegan are from. And then you played for Grenoble in Pro D two or Pro D, as it's it's better known over in France, before then yeah. being nabbed by La Rochelle in that I think it was the 2020, 2022 21 season. Would you say winning that champion champions cup that I mentioned earlier was the highlight of your career, or is there something else that that kind of stands out?
2: I think in, in, in a global concept or uh, a holistic uh, point of view, it should be. But I I would say, honestly speaking, it's just my career is gaining the respect of my teammates everywhere I go. And I think that part is, is what people don't generally write about and don't generally understand. But for me, obviously, going through all the things that I've gone through in my career with the highs and the lows. I think the most cherished point is being able to, to garner the respect of your, your teammates. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, these are the people that entrust you with, not their lives, but entrust you with their jobs, you know, to go out uh, week in, week out and get get it done. Obviously, we don't always get it right, but it's a huge responsibility that we put on, on ourselves. Yes, from a, a fan's perspective, but predominantly from our inner circles and obviously uh same goes with the coaches for obviously putting their jobs on the line by picking me so I think that's the highlight to be not trying to be so but honestly speaking that's uh that's my viewpoint of everything and then the trophies and the memories is just you know secondary for me
0: that gives us great insight into to your mentality and also you as a person and Now, I'm not just going to mention this for clickbait, and there's a long wind-up on this question, so please do bear with me that there is a point to this. You were capped by the Springboks, I believe, seven times, winning five out of those games, drawing one, and losing only once. Now, that one loss will stand out to to a lot of South African fans, as it was the historic 57-0 defeat to the All Blacks. After the disappointment of that loss, how did you mentally recover And what would your advice be to younger players and even a younger Raymond Rule in terms of how they go through the dark times? Because to me, you're the most underrated South African player or the most underrated player by South Africans. You're clearly highly rated in France and across Europe. And I think that you were shut out of the box far too quickly on the back of one game.
2: Yeah, um I totally understood I obviously expected this question to come. I do think the hindsight obviously is 2020, 20, but if I was to give myself or or any other player advice is that um find yourself outside of the game. I think uh the nice thing that happens in France to a certain degree is once you leave the environment of the or the rugby stadium or practice or whatever the case might be life goes on as usual you know uh it's not rugby crazy like that yes the fans are crazy but they're very respectful and they're very optimistic i think the difference is in south africa sort of like you're always in that oven if you don't know who you are outside of the game um, when it's not going well you can find it very difficult because that's the one thing you identify yourself with that's the one thing that you get all your your affirmation from or whatever the case might be and if that major or that primary thing is not going well then it becomes hard so what I would suggest to most or guys that would if they ever go through something like that is find something secondary because your worth is not generally being a rugby player you are or might be good at other things and those small victories outside of the rugby uh, aspect gives moral boosts and as well just allows you to understand that look man you might not have had a great game but it doesn't mean you're a shitty person or it doesn't define you to put it in a in a better word um so yeah that that is definitely the biggest advice i would give is find yourself man and once you've found yourself don't let it go
1: you seem like a very humble person in that and i pretty much a, a a a player's player in in other words but i'm going to put you a little bit on the on the hot spot now um yeah. you seem like the type of guy to always bring the vibe to the team always carrying the boom box playing the music and that who, yeah. Out of all the players you sort of played with, who is the best answer and then who is the worst answer?
2: I'll go with the best one first. I'd say Diabelo uh, Sinatla, definitely him. He can uh, really move and he's a people's person as well, quite vibey. I mean, I'm going to throw my, my, my boy Ops under the bus. Opa Mohoje, <laughs> he's. I mean, he's a big fella that's trying to do things that his body is not physically supposed to be doing. So uh, <laughs> I'd, say, yeah, I'd say opa mohoje. Uh, just hold on, someone's knocking at my door. No, sorry, gentlemen. Yeah, no, it's just uh, a couple of kids down the road. They came to ask me to sign a ball and they were their dads and they took a pick quickly. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> a, man,
0: a man of the people will. As I said, and as Keegan said there, you seem to love music. And you're always seen with with a speaker in hand, especially if somebody was to, to look at that Barbarians documentary that was, was released recently on, on YouTube. If you didn't play rugby, would you see a life in, in music? And, and is there something you'd want to do? And who's your current favorite artist?
2: Oh, man. Honestly speaking, I, I wouldn't go that far. Look, I love music. I do. Uh, I've always wanted to organize my own musical event and all those type of things. But I, I, I do think it would have been really mad or crazy to be a DJ of some sort. Yeah, but I've never really thought about it like that. Um, but yeah, now you give me uh, food for thought. I do know Dylan, though, he does a bit of mixing, but I've never had a bit of <laughs> that interest in it like that. I just generally enjoy the music. I don't want to necessarily know what goes behind the scenes but i've always found it fascinating how guys can create such art essentially from from nothing so no i respect musicians a lot and i and the creative process for me is very interesting and to go with my favorite artists man i listen to everyone all across the board but at the moment i'd say burner boy he's got a lot of tracks that i genuinely listen to more so than than others but yeah yeah for now i say a boy
0: raymond the world cup is is obviously around the corner both in a time sense but for yourself it's literally just on on your doorstep yeah i'm not sure if the, the bot coaches were ever in touch after 2017 and in my opinion they should have been but if there is an injury later this year and they need a replacement last minute would would you be keen is is that something you'd consider
2: Man, that's not even a question. Um, I think from my from my perspective, and I think the one thing about uh, professional athletes is you always try and leave your mark on your note. You know, always try and go out the way you you'd like to, and uh, not a lot of people get afforded that opportunity. And I think uh, obviously, I I do not or did not like the way I ended things in the Bok jersey. Um, it's sad that that's the last experience people would have of me in that jersey uh, obviously I'd, I'd appreciate the opportunity to sort of rectify or put a bit of sugar in the coffee you know but um I do understand the climate of everything I do understand how everything is and I'm very realistic about that I think it's not something that I've thought about too much because obviously the one thing I can say is that the block coaches do know and have their guys. And uh, I think that's also very important for a group when uh, when the coach has confidence in you, and uh, you also you have security to a certain degree. Not to say that you you know you 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 should not perform, but generally speaking, it should be hard to get into a group like that. You know.
0: Talking of coaches, your current coach is mm. none other than Ronan O'Gara. Yeah. What's he like? A as a coach, but B as a bloke. <laughs>
2: Um, I, I got to experience him uh, different angles. I mean, my first year here, he was more of a, uh, an assistant coach, so he was more for the boys, you know. So great, great bloke. Um, typical Irish. Uh, I don't, I don't need to go any further into that. If you know your Irish lads, you know how they all are. Great, great bunch of people. And obviously, when he took over as head coach, he had to obviously stand become a bit more standoffish not to say in uh, in a bad sense, but he's got to steer the, the ship and sometimes he has to make hard decisions and if you're too friendly with the boys it can become harder but I think he's got that that balance of being a uh, part of the boys and also being our leader so as a coach great uh as an individual great as well so all around uh, great block. yeah
0: now he he seems to to kind of let yourself and a lot of the other boys express themselves on and off the pitch, and you've touched on it quite nicely there. You've previously openly spoken about how rugby's lacking in individuality yeah. and really self-expression, which is probably down to to the old school mentality the game sometimes kind of still has. What do you think needs to change to make rugby more pop more popular? but also to allow players to, to express themselves
2: man well, i i think i'm not a financialist or 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 a marketer in that aspect but just from my personal opinion i just think they need to sell the individuals a bit more rugby is a sport that's a collective and yes that's the ethos of rugby but if you look at all the other major sports they sell individuals you know individuals Follow garner following obviously like if you look at a guy like LeBron James or Cristiano Ronaldo whatever the case might be, people even myself when LeBron changes teams, I seem to follow the team he 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 goes to. So the individual brands when they're bigger, you can sell a whole lot more stuff, and you can sell you know a feeling that people or something people can relate to. So I think that is is where if rugby now follows that, uh, that line that the revenue can become a whole lot more, especially for the players, but also for the, the powers that be, uh, from my perspective, at least just make it a more personal journey with players.
1: Uh, definitely. I think, um, as, especially when, when I think of like, say like baseball in America is like a very traditional old school sport. And um, <clears throat> especially something that makes it a lot more exciting is when they have these, like, sort of younger players being a lot more sort of out there, super energetic and just being themselves. And I think exactly like you're saying, sort of having that like individuality in rugby, you know, giving players a lot more personality and character that people aren't just seeing them as just like 15 guys, you know, playing a, a gentlemen's, um, well, a, a hooligans game played by gentlemen sort of thing, but actually bringing that sort of like um, energy and everything. So I think, yeah, exactly how you say is. Is is probably the best route it could go. But uh, Raymond, I wanted to ask. Uh, it says that you are a, Ghana- a Ghanaian-born mm. um, rugby player, and that obviously there's not many um, Ghanaian rugby players. And that how, how did that journey sort of happen when uh, you moved to South Africa? Oh
2: man, uh, I've told the story so many times, but every time it it felt like it feels like it was yesterday. I think it's beginning to feel a whole lot further <laughs> the older I get. Yeah, no, I moved mm-hmm. to South Africa in '99 to East London initially. From there, I was actually playing soccer, and I was a decent soccer player because I mean, Ghanaians are predominantly known for their soccer. Stage. Um, we moved to Bolfontein, which is a town just outside of Bloemfontein, and there was absolutely no soccer there. It is a bunch yeah. of far was kicking a rugby ball and i remember getting onto that rugby ball uh rugby field and looking at this weird pose with this out of shape ball and thinking what the hell is this you know and uh i was like now nah, i'm rather gonna do athletics so i did a bit of running and then the next year i actually moved to a boarding school in bloom and in the hostel when the boys have any time off, they just start chucking the ball around, playing touchies, and I remember sitting them like, man, you want to fit in, you want to be a part of the boys, why not? You know, picked up the, started understanding the rules, picked up the ball, started throwing it around, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was out running guys and stuff like that, so one mate of mine was like, look, come try out for the school team, see how it goes. I'm like, yeah, man, what position should I say I, I play? He's like, Say so you play lock. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I get there. Teacher asked me, hey, the coach asked me, hey, man, what position do you play? I'm like, lock puts me in the line out. I think we we're playing some game or some trial or something, puts me in the line out. I get the ball. As soon as I get the ball, you know, under 13 rugby, right, you run for the corner, everyone's trying to chase you. And I, I just run for the corner and score. He, he calls me back. He's like, nah, you're not a lock. And <laughs> so he puts me in that back line. And that's essentially how my rugby story started. And uh, initially, my mom didn't want me to play rugby, so I went behind her back playing it. And the day I told her that I played rugby was the day that I got offered a a, a scholarship, so then she couldn't say no. <laughs>
1: uh, Raymond, I just want to jump back on the on the um, uh, the Ghanaian side, but we'll we'll switch sports because obviously it just came to mind now. 2010 was obviously a big year for for all Africans, the World Cup. And the the biggest disappointment was that Boston Suarez having that handball against Ghana. Um, uh, Obviously, 12 years later, unfortunately, Ghana did get knocked out. But they were able to have that sweet, sweet revenge in real time, watching Suarez cry as he got knocked out of the World Cup. How was your reaction to that? man it was beautiful um (laughs) Uh,
2: nothing against the guy himself uh just what it meant to to the Ghanaian uh, fans um I think sport is uh sport is something that brings people together but it can also divide and I think uh in that aspect yes it brought a lot of people together to sort of uh be like yeah man we we deserve better you know but at the end of the day not it's full circle when it comes back when we like look man at least uh, someone else has to be us. <laughs> so uh now it is beautiful man and I think um it's also a testament to 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 Suarez as well just to show how much it means to him uh as a player but sometimes uh, the ball doesn't fall on your side. (laughs) And I can be glad about it to a certain degree, so it's all right.
1: (laughs) I think think sports in general is just um, so much more than just, you know, a game and that. I I mean, I I don't know if you've seen it yet, but i just like absolutely binge watch that um, Welcome to Wrexham series. I think it's so beautiful having look
2: just bringing different worlds together and different type of uh fans and and eyeballs because at the end of the day sport is about selling a product and you've got to publish that product and give it as many eyes as you 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 can so yeah i i think it's beautiful um i will definitely go watch it now yeah man what whatever they've done is is beautiful and I, I think uh vincent company did did something similar i've, I've followed that a little bit um, so you know everyone loves a good everyone loves a good ending let me use that word
0: absolutely i think that the vincent company team was was it a Belgium third division team or, or something like that where yeah. he just he ended up taking taking them they were apparently doomed at the time and, and he
2: did some good things and just to, to, to chuck it in there, to be honest with you, I think that's that's how we feel as the La Rochelle team. I remember we spoke about it, and me and Dylan spoke about it the other day, and we like, look, man, to be honest with you, it's it's been three years that we we obviously been going, going well. But if you think about it, Ronan took a, a bunch of second, third-choice international players, and now we've become this – talked about team in Europe you know just a bunch of misfits that he's put together because honestly if you come to our trainings and you see the guys just the band and everything you just be like no nah, sure this is not a professional setup so that's actually how we feel to a certain degree and I mean, just think sometimes when you get a nice group of people that's uh that's seated by the right guy and things just work out, man, you can you create beautiful things.
0: Am, am I right in saying that La Rochelle were, were in the Pro de Deux not too long ago and obviously moved up and it's been a, a great success story? You've mentioned Dylan Lades there, who's obviously one of the players, one of the world-class players that you play with. I wanted to ask the question that every player gets asked at some point in their career. But yeah. who's the best player that you've played against, and who's the best player you've played with?
2: I mean, one name does definitely come to to mind is Cheslin. Just to 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 think about what he he's able to accomplish with his, his small body, and everyone saying or well, everything they've said against him, um, I think he's he's honestly one of the hardest players to play against in terms of actually winning your one on ones against him, be it on attack or defense yeah, yeah, I would say that. Obviously, I've played against a, a lot of other people that will be able to beat you whichever way, but I think Ches and manages to make it beautiful. <laughs> you know <laughs> when he steps you're like, mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's 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 my mate, but I can admit that and to play with, uh, I think that that's also equally difficult because so many people bring so many things to to the game.
0: You mentioned Cheslin there. He's obviously playing for Toulon in the Challenge Cup final the same weekend and the same day that you're playing the Champions Cup final, which is obviously next week, Saturday. It'll be the same week that this is released. How are you feeling about that final? And how are you preparing to, to beat Leinster for a second year in a row? Uh,
2: as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, we we've, we've tried not to look too far ahead to Be honest with you, um, but uh, we've, we there's conversations here and there where everyone's just trying to figure out or, or thinking what the approach is going to be and what we can possibly expect. Um, but I do think that uh, we cannot take this moment for granted or underestimate Leinster, yes, be it that uh. We won last year, it was a very tough game and we literally had to throw the kitchen sink at them just to be able to to win that game. So I think from our perspective, it just comes down to being able to prepare, knowing that we're going into a hostile environment and uh, keeping our wits about us because one mistake and you're under your poles. That's, That's the type of team lens there is. So we essentially have to try and mimic the same, with a little bit of a a different twist. But uh, essentially, man, just try and take everything they throw at us and throw it a little bit more back. I
0: think one of the things that will be quite interesting is obviously it's supposed to be a neutral venue, and technically speaking, it is, but it is down the road from from their their home stadium. So that the hope is that the, the La Rochelle fans come out, and and there's there's a sea of yellow. Supporting you boys come that day.
2: Yeah, you know, I do. I do understand that, or oh, from what I've heard thus far, is that uh, they're giving us nothing. So <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to say, to say the least. But as I know the La Rochelle fans, they're gonna come out where they can and uh, show us their support. But the nice thing that uh, has happened thus far in the last two three weeks is that we've been playing away from home. And so that's helping us also warm up to these hostile environments.
0: (laughs) Dylan Lades once said that you're going to play rugby until you can't play anymore. And uh, (laughs) apparently you've, you've said that you're going to play at any level, as long as you can play. Do you see a life after (laughs) rugby and is that potentially with the coach's clipboard in hand?
2: Honestly speaking, no, I've never thought about coaching. I think from my perspective, I've given so much the game from a emotional and a mental standpoint, and obviously, just, just dedication that the day I'm done, I do think I'd rather just walk, walk away, you know, be one of those guys that you only see when he comes for a reunion, <laughs> with a be in hand. Um, but obviously, no, no nothing's definite. Um, that's just how I feel right now. Obviously, moving forward, things might change. But yeah, as, uh, as for now, the day I hang up my boots, that's, that's it. Raymond,
0: uh, thanks for being such a great guest, mate. Genuinely, you're clearly a, a great guy is is the first thing I know. I know I threw out all the, the, the try scoring machine stuff at the beginning, but you're not only a tri scoring machine, as Steve said, you're, you're clearly really, really humble and you are tearing it up. And I really can't wait to see what happens over the next few weeks. And myself and Stiggs will be cheering you on from the sidelines. Hopefully, we'll see you lifting both the trophies well,
2: at the end of this year. That would, that would be great. That would be great. Uh, we'll definitely see. Uh, we'll try our best. But, yeah, that would be, that would be enormous, man. Thinking about it is, uh,
1: is crazy.
0: Steaks Raymond Rule, what a nice bloke. Don't tell anyone, but that might be my favorite interview that we've done.
1: I honestly, I, I don't, don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I want to say it. But he's definitely, it was Definitely one of the the most enjoyable interviews. Just sort of hearing from him, not knowing too much about him, and just I mean, what a nice guy, man. Honestly, what a humble, absolute athlete, unit, and just just a great guy to just sit down and chat a whole bunch of shit to. You know, would have been yeah. awesome.
0: And I mean, he's playing in the Champions Cup final this weekend. Lens to Vila Rochelle. Leinster will likely have Jason Jenkins either starting or on the bench. La Rochelle with Raymond Rule and Dylan Laid, Safa's representing. Who do you think takes that one? My money. I, I'd like to support La Rochelle. I think Leinster might be scorned from last week, but I'd, I'd like yeah. to say La I think
1: I think Leinster's going to fight hard to to take that title, but uh, I'm going go to go La Rochelle. I, I like nice. the idea of sort of Stormers being like a, a team of just yeah, we got star players, but on paper, we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. And we are. And it's the same thing as Raymond said like, La Rochelle's just like a bunch of these degenerates that yeah. come to the, <laughs> And they won it last year. So I'm going to put my money on La Rochelle.
0: And then, Challenge Club, you've got Glasgow v. Toulon. There's plenty of staff involvement there with uh, Glasgow having Carl Stain, JP Dupre. Toulon having Cheslin Colby. I think Toulon might actually have a little bit too much for Glasgow. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I think uh, Toulon definitely yeah, because they, they obviously will not um in the Heineken Cup this year, so they're gonna be pretty much trying to fight hard to to sort of showcase that they can get back into that. And I think they won some silverware, so I think I think Toulon takes it. Side note,
0: the challenge cup is the only piece of silverware that Ches and has not won. He's won everything else.
1: That is Two the last thing he
0: needs. Finally, quick fire round, as per usual, Steaks, Province and Pumas. Robins. Sharks v. Cheetahs.
1: I'm going to say sharks.
0: I reckon sharks as well. That one. Griffins v. Griquers.
1: I'm going to say it for real this time. Griffins.
0: <laughs> uh, lions v. Bulls.
1: Oh, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. But I reckon Bulls. I reckon Bulls. Yeah. Lovely stuff.
0: Thanks very much for joining us on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to catching up with you next week ahead of the Stormers final. Please keep an eye out for our giveaway, too. We'll be giving away two tickets to that game.